The American Petroleum Institute, driving safety, environmental protection, and sustainability across the natural gas and oil industry through world-class standards and safety programs. Since its formation as a standard-setting organization in 1919, API has developed more than 800 standards to enhance industry operations worldwide. Find out more at api.org. You're listening to the Oil & Gas This Week podcast with Mark LaCour and Paige Wilson. This is the show for busy oil pros who quickly want to keep their finger on the pulse of the industry. You're listening to the Oil & Gas This Week podcast brought to you by API. This is the show for busy oil pros who want to quickly keep their finger on the pulse of the industry. Thanks for joining us for actually episode 330. It's old habits die hard, don't they? They really do. And before we get to everything, including the reviews, really quick, speaking of reviews, quickest way is go in the show notes, click on the link, lovethepodcast.com forward slash OGTW. Our reviews are starting to come back in. Thank you, everybody. Really appreciate that. Then, uh, if you haven't checked out OGGN lately, go check it out, not just for the cool merch and the advertising options, but we've now started a blog. I've done a couple of posts up there, and we have contributing author James Asbury stirring up a little Marcello's controversy. Let's go dig into that. A lot of ways to stay in touch with the reality of what's going on in the oil and gas century, including the shell plays. Then, our last episode, I asked everybody to fill out the one-question survey. literally takes about 20 seconds, and in return, we'll send you a laptop, a hard hat sticker, and thank you, my inbox blew up after that, <laughs> but we need it, right? Once again, the link is in the show notes. If you can go in and answer the one question survey, we will continue to send you stickers, OGN stickers. Lander, you'll be getting those out in a couple of weeks. So if you already submitted a question, just give us time. We're going to wait till we have a whole bunch of them so we can mail them all at the same time. Reviews. Want to read the review? Oh, I love this one. Two stars from John John Smith Smith. Okay. Maybe more opinion than news. Somewhat biased. Sure, oil and gas is king, but we need a planet to live on. The co-host seems to pair with the main host views. Oh, I guess I'm the co-host. Resulting in lack of depth and critical thinking. I say this as a Gulf listener in the industry. I guess I'm supposed to have different views from you, Mark. (laughs) <laughs> because if I don't, I lack critical thinking. Yeah, I suspect John John Smith Smith that your critical thinking should have applied to your login name. The other thing is you do realize oil and gas or hydrocarbons are natural and made by the planet that we all want to live on. Hopefully you realize that, John John. But anyway, appreciate the review. I love this sort of stuff. Paige gets a kick out of the lower star reviews. They're actually my favorite. Always love hearing from our listeners, whether you agree with us or not. Thank you for listening. Ready to get the news stories? Yeah, since I'm the (laughs) co-host. You're not going to let that one die, are you? (laughs) You're the main host. Actually, that should be my title from here on out. All right. First one up is Surging American Exports Keep Oil and Gas Prices in Check. Yeah. Enjoy the low prices at the pump, people. Mm -hmm. It will go up this year, unfortunately. But- one of the things that's keeping it down is the U.S. kicking butt and taking names. We reached over 13 million barrels per day, breaking all kinds of records here in the U.S. in productions. A lot of our production, a lot of our been exported, especially to Europe. So we're loosening that chokehold that Russia's had on Europe forever. We're 
just about hit deep in the middle of winter and we're able to keep a lot of people warm in Europe with our LNG exports, which also we are now the top LNG exporter as far as the data from last year. And most of those exports, LNG exports are actually going to Europe, keeping their natural gas prices lower. This is all good stuff. Even though OPEC has made production cuts, the demand from China has not increased as much as other people thought they would. I saw this coming. And then, like I said, unfortunately, prices will go up this year. I don't want them to, but they will. But for now, U.S. rules and I love it. All right. On to the next one. Oil prices fall as traders monitor rising tensions in the Red Sea. Ah, it's not a great time to be alive, I would say. (laughs) So let me update a lot of people what's going on. Basically, you have the Houthi rebels are using drones and small boats to attack larger vessels in the Red Sea. You have a bunch of the major shippers now are detouring. And when you detour around the Red Sea, it adds costs and delays. And those major vessels are including things like super tankers and LNG vessels. BP's now diverting their shipping. Masaryk's diverting their shipping. A lot of companies diverting their shipping because they don't want their people to be in danger and they don't want their assets, the ships themselves to be in danger. Iran has deployed a destroyer to the Red Sea. Let me warn Iran right now, the U.S. 5th Fleet, not a ship, but the U.S. 5th Fleet is in the Red Sea. Don't start anything, Iran. You're not going to like what happens. You're not going to like the outcome. The U.S. Navy from the 5th Fleet actually destroyed, I believe, three boats from Houthi rebels just last week. Basically, the rebels attacked a Meserich vessel, uh, the Singapore flag. The vessel did a distress call. The Navy sent three helicopters to assist. The Houthi rebels made the mistake of firing on the Navy helicopters. <laughs> Those three vessels now do not exist. Unfortunately, and I'm kind of joking about this, but unfortunately, I believe things are going to escalate in the Red Sea. Yeah. It's going to get bad. And all I hope and pray for is that people keep sound mind. Don't do anything stupid. There is now enough firepower in the Red Sea to really start a major engagement. You already yeah. had a couple of intercontinental ballistic missiles, which are not made to target naval ships, already targets of U.S. Navy ships. They were able to shoot those ballistic missiles down. But this is potential to just blow up. And I hope that even though we're heading into our election season here in the U.S., that if something does happen, our current administration has the foresight and wherewithal to clamp down on it immediately so it doesn't escalate. We will keep you posted. All right. Chevron recognizes up to $4 billion in impairments and losses. So basically, Chevron, this impairment word is actually a legal tax word, a financial word. But basically, Chevron's writing off $4 billion in losses and financial losses. The reason I have this in here is this something I've been talking around for a while, and this just is further indication that I was right about this, or I am right. You want to guess, in all the places in the world that Chevron could have lost money, you want to guess where this $4 billion losses occurred? The United States. Only in the United yeah, States. Yeah, I kind of figured. And you want to guess which state had most of those? Texas. California. Oh, yeah. I was just guessing so, the state. <laughs> so Chevron has lost $4 billion only in the oh, U.S. Oh, yeah, that's because they're headquartered there. Right? Yeah. And those assets that they're lost money on in California and those assets that they've lost money on are directly the results of the legislation that the California government has been pushing for a very long time. Let me tell you what's happening with this. Even a company the size of Chevron, when you lose $4 billion with a B billion dollars yeah. in the U.S., predominantly from California, the way you manage that risk is you no longer put assets or money or resources in California. 
And since mm-hmm. this is all in the U.S., it's not going to be that much longer if this trend continues before Chevron says it doesn't make fiscal sense to invest money in the U.S., which is the opposite of what should be happening. And this is all based upon 100% bad politics. I'm not going down the rabbit hole of those bad politics, but this financial hit is hitting Chevron right when they're still trying to complete the acquisition of Hess. Chevron's fine. They have plenty of cash. They're doing very well. But this is one of those indicators that if we don't change our politics in this country, Country, that the large companies that can invest back in the U.S. will not because it's a financial risk. Next one. Yeah, yeah, next one. ExxonMobil posts $2.5 billion impairment for California assets. You know, just a different <laughs> company, ExxonMobil. Yeah. ExxonMobil lost $2.5 billion. They had to write off the valuation of some of the California operations. This is predominantly related to Santa Ynez operations off the coast of Santa Barbara. This announcement came just a few days after Chevron basically said the same Jeez. thing. Exxon's saying, time out. We're going to suspend production in this field, and we're going to see what the state of California can do to help make this better for us. Because quite frankly, we don't see any reason to stay in California. Obviously. I am paraphrasing there. That's not what they say. But I know the sentiment. And California, Lord knows, people, you need jobs. Forget your high cost of energy and everything else. You need jobs. If you keep this up, these jobs are going to disappear along with the Chevron jobs from California. When the super majors have these bigger losses and it's credit to one state, let's hope that those state legislatures and also their citizens stop for a second, take a breath. They're not, Mark. They will eventually. Well, yeah, eventually. Maybe not in our lifetime. No, but I doubt it. at some it. point they will. But it's going to take way more people that don't listen to this show in order to make that happen. Well, maybe more people in California should listen to this show. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, if you have friends in California, send them a link to the show. And if for some reason you work for a company that's in California, do that reply all email and just add a link to Oil and Gas this week. We yeah, that'd covered. be great. I'm just the co-host. All right. <laughs> it's not going to live that down. John John Smith, see what you did? <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen anymore. Who cares? Anyway, Technip FMC scores a one billion carbon capture build job from Petrobras. Can you say he said what? <laughs> you know our industry. We can't do anything without inventing an acronym. Can you say he said he said he said he said he said high pressure separation? Okay. H I SEP S A P high pressure separation. Sweet. Anyway, it's a technology that is based on some old existing technology and some darn spanking brand new technology invented by our friends Technip FMC. They're basically capturing the carbon dioxide rich gases at the well site at the bottom of the ocean in some very deep water, and then they're turning around and injecting them back in the reservoir. Makes sense. Makes a ton of sense. Does a couple of things. First is that separation doesn't have to happen topside, which is typically on FPSO or somewhere on the shore. It allows more hydrocarbons to flow with less work and less danger. Second thing is that injecting that CO2 back in the reservoir increases basically the energy in the oil. So it makes it easier to extract the oil from the reserves from the reservoir. And it allows the Brazilian government, Petrobras and Technique FMC to honestly measure and show how much they're reducing greenhouse gases by instead of letting the CO2 vent to this atmosphere, they're injecting it right back in the reservoir where it came from. I love this. This is the type of Technology innovations I've 
Technique FC has always done. And please, no hate mail. I know there's other subsidy manufacturers. Oh, no, just out. leave another review. <laughs> just do that. No hate mail. But of all the <laughs> subsidy manufacturers, I always think of Technique FMC as kind of leading the innovation in a part of the industry that typically isn't innovative because it's so risky. So, this is wonderful things to see. I can't wait to see what else comes out of this. Also, nice to see Petrobras actually starting to increase production again. Right. Which hopefully, We'll keep prices low. It just won't be this year, people. It'll be 2025, 2026. But <laughs> great stuff. Congratulations, Technic FMC. Okay. New CEO takes charge at Pioneer Natural Resources. Do you ever have Scott Sheffield on your show? No. Okay. But we can arrange that. Yeah, hey, we, Scott. Yeah, we need to. He's a legend in the industry. Everybody knows Scott. Scott is retiring, actually retired December 31st, so he's just recently retired. I don't know him as a friend, but I have met him and I know of him. And I suspect Scott right now is not in a rocking chair or any porch anywhere in the world. He's doing his next adventure. But he is retired from Pioneer as their CEO. Richard Dealey is the new CEO. Richard's been there for a long time. He's a great person to try to fill Scott's shoes. Daly was previously the COO, so he has a ton of experience running Pioneer and working with Scott. Scott's going to stay on, I think, on the board. I can't see him ever walking away completely from Pioneer because that's his baby. But this is literally changing of the guard for a man that is a legend in our industry, for a company that does really cool stuff, not only for their employees, but for the local areas they operate in. So congratulations, Scott, on your retirement. Can't wait to see what you do next. Right on. All right. Southwestern Chesapeake Energy close to merger, creating 17 billion U.S. natural gas company. By the time you hear this, people, this deal will be done. This is breaking news. A lot of people don't know about this. Also, there's been a ton of mergers and acquisitions in the U.S. in the last yeah. week or two. I don't have space and oil and gas this week to cover them all. Right. We cover the ones that are noteworthy. This one is noteworthy. Especially That's a pretty when you big have one. 17 Billion, billion. B dollar merger. This is going to create the largest natural gas producers in the U.S. Hey, EQT, somebody's chasing you. Is getting ready to pass you. <laughs> you buy somebody. I bet you EQT already has targets on a couple of people. I'm sure. I think I even know who they are. Can't say anything. Not that EQT confides in me, but they're also a great company. Good to see competition going. Good to see this acquisition happening. This keeps people employed. It leverages the scope of Chesapeake and the new company. Love seeing this sort of stuff going on. Now, one of the things I think you could see is through this acquisition, it's a merger, but really it's an acquisition, but it's a merger. I mean, one of the things I think you could see through this merger page is a lot more activity in all places. Oh, good. The Haynesville area. Oh, Haynesville. Yeah, yeah. That's primarily where Chesapeake operates. Yeah. yeah. So good stuff. Congratulations on this. And there will be much more of this MA activity this year. Yeah. Yeah. And we're just getting started. Okay, so the next one is Angola quit OPEC to sustain oil production above 1 million BPD top official states. Yep. So basically, the African company Angola said, OPEC, you can take your job and shove it. I am no longer a member of your cartel. I want to have control over my own production. OPEC, of course, was trying to cut back production with all its cartel members right. to keep prices up. And they basically told Angola, you can't produce more than 1 million barrels per day, 1 million barrels Today or equivalent. And then Angola went, hold my beer. And Angola said, hold my beer. Now, this is really interesting. If you listen to me for any length of time, I've said this for a very long time, that I believe OPEC is heading toward destabilization. Mm -hmm. And the way that starts is when the members of OPEC walk away. As the members walk away, 
what happens is the other members look at this case Angola. The other members of OPEC are going, well, Angola walked away and now they're making more money. Uh-huh. Why should I not walk away from OPEC right. and make more money? As that happens, and it will happen, I've called it several times and been wrong every single time that I thought they were Well, eventually you'll be right, Mark. At some point, I will be right. But what that really does is just makes it better for everybody because once the cartel is gone, and it will, at one point, OPEC will disappear, then it's the free market that controls everything. And that's where we need to be with this. It'll exactly. It'll make the world a better place. We'll keep an eye on this. I strongly suspect you can see a couple other African countries quit OPEC as well because it's working out for Angola and they see the benefits of not working with OPEC as opposed to when they first joined, they saw the benefits of working with OPEC. We'll keep an eye on this one as well. As always. Okay, next up, German prosecutors launch probe into suspected sabotage of LNG pipeline. We're finally here. Yep. So Germany is cold right now. It's the wintertime. Yep. They have zero access to Russian natural gas, which is what they can traditionally keep their people warm and their companies running. We're able to supply a lot of that natural gas they need through our LNG exports. Germany is frantically building infrastructure to take those LNG exports in. And, and quickly. Them. And quickly, like nobody I've ever seen. Hats off to German people. Don't give them a challenge yeah. <laughs> because they get it done. In this project. They discovered three 10-millimeter holes that were drilled, and they knew exactly actually what type of equipment drilled these holes. This is absolutely sabotage of an LNG pipeline, of a new LNG pipeline still under construction. It doesn't say anything in this article. Through my network, I have heard that this is an environmental group that has decided that German doesn't need LNG, and they're using destructive methods to keep this LNG project from coming online. For the environmental activists, if for some bizarre reason you're listening to this show, because we do have a few that listen, I'm telling you right now, you do not want to be caught by German people or the authorities sabotaging their new LNG pipelines. It will not be good. Germany's enforcement of stuff like this is way more severe than a lot of other Western countries. Right, yeah. It's not going to be a case where you glue yourself to the road and they come cut you loose. We're going to keep an eye on this one as well. I suspect by the time this episode Airs that the German prosecutors have figured out who did this environmental espionage, and it's going to be hell to pay. Good. And it should be. Good. They're better for it. All right. Trans Mountain Pipeline Plans line fill for March or May. So if you're in a pipeline world, when you have line fill, that means it's getting ready to go. And they have only been working on this pipeline, is, let me think about this, 20 14? That tracks. This is one government catastrophe after another after another. This is the one the government who opposed it had to buy it, if you remember right. And the cost of the pipeline like quadrupled. Yeah. Finally, after all of the stuff that Trans Mountain had to deal with, this pipeline is getting ready to come online in March. They're in a the process of filling it right now, which is the final step to make sure everything's ready to run, everything's safe, all the software and hardware is where it needs to be. The pipeline integrity is 100%. We need the ability to move this Canadian heavy oil around. And this is one of the best methods to do it. Safest method to the environment is to actually move stuff around in a pipeline, which, by the way, folks, it's not just the safest way to move oil. It's the safest way to move freshwater, sewage, palm oil, maple syrup, whatever right. you're trying to move around yeah. the world. Pipelines are the safest, best way to do it. Canada's current prime minister, Justin Trudeau, um, ended up having to dump a bunch of money in this because they dog it so much that it almost disappeared. I believe the cost went up four or five times when the Canadian yeah. government got involved in this. Yeah. But finally, it's getting ready to launch. Trans Mountain, you have more patience than I do because I would have shut this thing down and went to court over this a long time ago. But you did it. Congratulations. All right. Motiva to shut CDU Coker next week at largest U.S. refinery. 
Yeah. So, you know how I've talked since the pandemic about how the U.S. refineries are our constraint, and it's also the U.S. refineries have been honestly trying to help. Yeah, they're making money, but they've been trying to help not just the U.S. citizens, but the world. And they've been running their machinery basically wide open. They've been right, running yeah. to the ground. Yeah. Finally, at the beginning of 2024, the refineries are able to take a breath, take a break, and start doing much-needed repairs. Good. And if you don't remember, Motiva and Shell was a joint venture forever, and they had all these petrochemical plants refineries all over the U.S. They eventually split up. Motiva took over some. Shell kept the rest. This Motiva refinery is getting ready to shut down, do planned maintenance and repair. This is actually the largest refinery in the U.S. It's right here in our backyard in Port Arthur, Texas. It's going to take about three months to get through this, which is a amazing that they could do it that fast. And this is just something that's been needed to done since the pandemic. I feel for the equipment in that refinery having to run. You oh, know, basically for sure. Imagine for sure. Your right foot down in your car to the floor and just holding it there for four years. And imagine your car trying to hold together. Well, this refinery did, and it's time for much needed rest, repair, and maintenance. So I think this is the beginning of, you'll see a lot more of this sort of stuff go on here in the U.S. as our overworked refineries get to catch up on maintenance. Good deal. Good deal. Texas oil and natural gas industry continues dominance by setting new production records and milestones. If you took Texas out of the U.S. and made it its own country, I believe it would be the third highest oil producing country, just our little state of Texas. I believe it. Third or fourth. Anyway, we hit record high production, 5.7 million barrels per day. And by the way, for our past listener at the time when I talked about Texas production, I got it wrong and he got fussed at in a meeting. Go check this yourself. (laughs) Don't (laughs) don't just trust me. But (laughs) we hit 5.7 million barrels per day. Another huge record in natural gas at over 33.6 billion cubic feet per day. Same way with NGL production, natural gas liquids. Texas is just rocking and rolling, and we're helping right now keeping the prices at the pump and the prices of refined goods low in the U.S. right now, which is awesome. I want it to stay that way. Unfortunately, it's not. But for now, Texas is king. Right on. Okay, so ACC, ExxonMobil, Shell, Louisiana's 2024 production outlook strong. Yay, Louisiana. Louisiana is the second highest producer of petrochemicals in the U.S. behind, guess who? Texas. Texas, yeah. But our little sister to the east, good to see you moving up. Looks like they've had an investment of over $65 billion with the B dollar in their petrochemical production last year. That's increased their ability to produce petrochemicals, even though that production in the rest of the country has went down. Louisiana is very well positioned to capitalize on this. They have Deepwater Port, which I used to fish out of a lot. <laughs> hey, Port Fouchon. They have the ability to move these petrochemicals around, both in rail, over the road, and like I said, in the ports. The ramping up of petrochemical production is being hindered by what right now? People. They can't hire enough people, just like we can't here in Texas, to actually build all this stuff. That's the only constraint. So there's capital there. There's a worldwide demand there. You're also starting to see a lot of new technologies coming to petrochemical manufacturers like AI, which is great. Love seeing this sort of stuff. You know what I'd like to see, Paige? What? I'd like to see a joint venture between Louisiana and Texas to basically own the market share for downstream products, both for fuels and petrochemicals. We that would be do great. It. Between the two of us, we have more ports than anywhere else in the world. We have more manufacturing facilities, and we could share the labor force. Louisiana legislation, if you're listening, reach out to me. I'm happy to broker a deal between you and the state of Texas. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm sure Greg Abbott will be all over that. Hey, I called Greg up and say, dude, we need to do this. And he has no idea who I am. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. He may listen to the show. I doubt it. Speaking of stuff that you should doubt, what you should not doubt is the popularity of our newsletters. Popularity? Popularity. Of popularity. Our popularity. <laughs> we have two of them. We have our Sunday update, which is fun. We got coupons in it, recipes. Behind the scenes uh, looks at what's going on at OGGN. And how I'm just a co-host. And, and <laughs> it's not going to die ever. We have to start a new show. It's called I'm Just a Co-host. <laughs> By Paige Wilson. Let's talk about that on Behind the Curtain. Let's get okay. there first, though. So uh, links are in this show notes. Go sign up for the Sunday update. And then especially if you're in sales and marketing, it's probably beneficial for you to know of all the oil and gas events, conferences, and trade shows that are going on around the world. We have another separate newsletter called Oil and Gas Events where we do just that. We take all of them, put them in the inbox once a month for free. So sign up. Links in the show notes. Weekly rig count co-host. Where are <laughs> I deserved that. <laughs> okay, we got some good numbers. We're down one in the United States at 621. Canada's up 39 at 125. And internationally, we're down 23 at 955. Looking good. You know what else is looking good? The people that are wearing the oil and gas merch. Speaking of co-host, John John Smith. Was it John John Smith Smith? Yeah. It was really thought out. Yeah. John John Smith Smith. You want to guess who is the only host in the OGGN network that people have bought shirts with her face on it and they're wearing it right now? It's Paige Wilson. Me, just the co-host. Yep. <gasps> I should make a shirt out of that. Oh, we should. Or John John <laughs> Smith would buy the shirt. Anyway, <laughs> we have a bunch of all gas merch. Go check it out. The Christmas merch is still up. I already had somebody hit me up, Paige, literally this morning. What is the day? The fourth? No, the sixth. Asking me if they could buy the Christmas merch on a discount. And the answer is no. <laughs> we haven't pulled it down yet. It will be pulled down. So for some reason, you want some OGG and Christmas merch, you better go grab it. But we have some really cool stuff. We also have some children's and babies clothes coming out probably in the next two weeks. So pay attention to that. But we are now the number one on gas merch store online. Awesome. That's pretty cool. That's cool. Speaking of cool, if you want myself or any other experts to come speak at your event, do a live podcast like we're doing next week, Paige and I, reach out, happy to share the details. First Friday Q&A, we got so many questions for our last First Friday Q&A. Oh, did we? We just did it. Remember oh, yeah. Remember questions we had? Yeah, we, we did have a lot of questions. Yeah. I thought you were talking about our new one. No, we have a bunch already. Okay. So, audience, thank you. Please, please, please send in your questions. The best thing to do is go to OGGN.com. Find All and Gas This Week under podcast is a place where you can leave your questions. You can also put them on social. I would do prefer- not make a video out of it. I will not <laughs> do it. Preferably LinkedIn, Twitter, just not Facebook Messenger because we don't check that. And we're bringing our TikTok manager on board. So, sometime soon, we may have a way for you to do it on TikTok. Anyway, ask your questions. Remember, the goal is not to stump Paige and I, but to help educate your peers that listen to the show. Ready to get out of here? Sure. Remember, folks, do great work, pay it forward, and we will see you next time. Tune in next week for another informative and entertaining episode of Oil & Gas This Week Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.